Just us. Just us. <laughs> back to back to the norm, man. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're talking about October Books on the Radar. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, Tina. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm good. I was waiting until we started recording to tell you the fall weather update. Mm -hmm. It is chilly, chilly today with only a high of 66. I know. And it was 88, 89 with high humidity yesterday. Yep. Today is crisp. I'm going out to take a walk and I'm going to have to wear a sweatshirt. I'm kind of happy about that. Oh, I'm very happy. Yes. And I think the Midwest understood the assignment. Like like you said yesterday, it was like 89 here. I was so mm-hmm. hot. But I was like, I know it's coming. It's the first day of fall when it's we're recording coming. this. And now it was like 55 when I woke up this morning. I was delighted. I know. I know. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm settling in. I'm about to start teaching next week. So my classes will begin. So like busy upon busy, but I love it. It's my favorite time of year. Good. Are you teaching? I'm teaching theories of personality and intro to psychology. Oh, I love it. Ah, I'm personality. excited. I know. Yeah. I know. It's going to be good. so fun. Like I'm. <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, we get it. You like personality theory. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> All right, good. All right, well, I am going to get started with what I'm loving lately. I can't wait to show you this. I actually brought it with me, too. You're not going to believe it, but you know I like nostalgia. You know I've I've been in an 80s sort of mood. Yes, yes. And guess what I found at the store? A retro Trapper Keeper. (gasps) Show me. Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting. That really is retro. It is legitimately what I had in school. It's beautiful. Many, many years ago. Open it. I, I want to hear the Velcro. I'm, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this is all my podcast stuff is going in here. I've had papers everywhere, but I bought, you know, I've got my folders, I've got my loose leaf paper, and I bought a notepad that separates projects and you can make notes and you ha- and it has a task list. All of this is inside of my retro trapper keeper. That's very exciting. Now, mm-hmm. This I don't know what don't I don't know why this makes me so happy, but it does. <laughs> I love school and supplies. School supplies is are literally my favorite thing. I don't know can why. Can I tell you how much fun I had? No, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I had walking through Staples. So Staples has several of these. They were all solid colors. You can get retro Trapper Keepers on staples.com and they have designs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was at the store and I couldn't I couldn't leave without one. And so I went with this. Um, but yeah, you're right. I love looking at all the supplies. I, I bought some new pens. Why is that makes me so happy? I don't know. And I don't even use pens. I write in my oh, iPad, <laughs> no, oh. but I still like them. I still get excited. Like sometimes work will give us a pen and I'm like, Ooh, ooh I like the feel of this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's what I, I mean. Mine is simple, but it made me so happy this week to find that. I'm glad that you brought that because like what a blast from the past, like you said, mm-hmm. and it's so satisfying. I'm glad you're getting your papers organized. Mine is another book podcast recommendation. It's Passions and Prologues, hosted by friend of the show, Adam Sokol. He was actually our very first guest on mm-hmm. Book Talk, etc. on episode 28. And now he has his very own podcast. What I love about his show is that more than anything, he leads with kindness. He has to be one of the kindest people I know. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he has a real love for podcasting and for author interviews, and he's so good at it. I don't listen to a lot of author interview podcasts, but what I love about his is that he brings a new spin on it. Because beyond talking to the authors about the books that they're known for, 
He has conversations about their other passions, hence the title. And the conversations are very relaxed, very endearing. And I think if you like the conversational style that Renee and I have, you might like this. Now, he's had guests on such as Claire North, Julia Whalen, Gilly Segal, and his very latest episode, he gets very personal and talks about religion and anxiety with Emily Austin. But my favorite episode so far has been his chat with Kimberly Latrice Jones. She's the co-author of I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. And in this podcast episode, she and Adam talk about her activism and the items that she collects. And I think if you like nostalgia, you'll get a kick out of that particular episode. She talks a lot about things from the 80s. I think Adam is a great host. I highly recommend his show. It is Passions and Prologues. And you can listen wherever you're listening to us. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad you brought that. Yeah, I've been meaning to. And he's pretty new. I think his podcast just came out this summer. And I was like, wait a minute. How have I not shared mm-hmm. this yet on our show? I know. Okay, good. All right. Well, latest reads. Let's move into those. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, no, oh, you're a little good. somber. No. no, I'm not trying to be. Oh, I'm good. excited. Okay, no, good. I'm excited. This was a biggie for me. This was a, as you call, a big chunky. A chunky boy. It is a chunky boy. It is the Palace Papers, Inside the House of Windsor, The Truth and the Turmoil by Tina Brown. Oh man, this was so good. I I did a combo print and audio. Tina Brown narrates this and it was, I mean, just fantastic. This is nonfiction, obviously. And Tina Brown is a journalist. From what I found, she used to write for Vanity Fair, The New Yorker. I mean, big-time journalist. I really, truly did not know anything about her work, and I am not a huge royal follower. So I want to say that because I do think that played a part in my enjoyment of this. But this book is the inside story of the British royal family's battle to overcome the dramas of the Diana years, only to confront new 21st century crises. So this takes a look at the fact that Queen Elizabeth kind of had a a bit of a mantra, I guess, after Diana died, where she said, quote unquote, never again, meaning they did not want to have another sort of situation where the monarchy was upstaged by someone so popular, a member of the family whose global popularity was so big that it outshone the monarchy. So this particular book takes a a look at the monarchy over the last 25 years. So it is a very specific time period, which I really enjoyed because that's what I'm most interested in. Mm -hmm. I read it right after the queen passed. And I just, I was, it was just perfect timing because I, it helped put into perspective a lot of what we were seeing and have been seeing in the media. And Tina Brown takes us readers on a journey through the monarchy's scandals, love affairs, power plays, and betrayals that have been quite present over the last 25 years. Um, I learned so much about the queen. I learned so much about the queen mother, Prince Philip, their marriage. I mean, they they had a little over 70 years together. She, I mean, yeah. her she was her reign was 70 years. That's crazy. Yeah. It was fascinating. So if you're interested in a deeper exploration, because I will say also, Tina Brown explores Prince Charles in his determination to make Camilla Parker Bowles his wife. I really, honestly, I didn't know much. I did not know much about this story. It kind of blew my mind. I don't know. A lot of people who follow the royals may already know this. I didn't. There's plenty of information about William and Harry and Kate and Meghan. So if if you're there for all of that, it is in there. The way she sets up the book, it is very clearly separated by time periods and chapters. So if there's something that you're not feeling, you're, you know, I don't have time for that skip to what you're interested in and, you know, read here and there. It's perfect for that. At 571 pages and it's over 18 hours on audio, 
Don't let that scare you. If you're interested, pick and choose what you want to read. I enjoyed this. I didn't, I enjoyed some parts way more than others, but I think maybe starting at part two, which was kind of the Harry and William years, I was like, boom, I, I never skipped a beat. I thought it was fascinating, truly fascinating. I found a, a little five-star snippet review on Goodreads from someone named The Literary Redhead. And I think it, this is completely accurate. It sums it up. She said, all the royal news, unfit to print. And it was so addictive. Totally. Juicy is the way I would describe how I felt about reading this. And when I turned the last page, just a juicy, informative, well-told, entertaining story. So that was The Palace Papers, Inside the House of Windsor, The Truth and the Turmoil by Tina Brown. I am so tempted. Yeah, I had heard about this. Didn't, you know, it didn't make it to the top of the list. But when I heard you were reading, I was really jealous. I'm like, man, I want to read this. I quickly, quickly, quickly have a sub (laughs) loving lately based on what you just shared. It is a TikTok account. Her name is Amanda Mata. And so her handle is Mata underscore of underscore fact. So matter of fact, basically, she talks everything royals. She is a royals expert. Now she's American. I have no idea her training. I have no idea how she got so interested in the royal family. But it's awesome because she really kind of breaks down the queen's funeral, Harry and Meghan, what's going on, the corgis, literally everything you might love about the royals she talks about on her TikTok account. And she blew up exponentially. She'd been around for a long time. But then, of course, with Queen Elizabeth passing, I think a lot of people found her. She's now over 1 million followers on TikTok. So she definitely blew up. But her videos are so thoughtful so balanced and she's just incredible. I love that account. So give that a watch too if you're on TikTok, if you like the royal stuff. Okay. Yes. We will link to that too. I thought it was a fair Mm -hmm. look at the royals. To me, it didn't feel one-sided one way or the other on, I thought she gave everyone or she presented the information in a way that really left out. If she had any bias, I didn't catch it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really fair and, and balanced, as you said about that. I thought that about this book too. Good. Good. I think they'd be Mm -hmm. a good coupling together. Okay, good. Oh, well, let me tell you about my, I was just sitting here enjoying, (laughs) enjoying the conversation. (laughs) Let me contribute and tell you about my latest read. This is a book that I brought to our September books on the radar episode. It's how not to drown in a glass of water by Angie Cruz. I really liked her last book, Dominicana. And now this one cements her status as an auto-read author for me. So I was really happy with this one. It's about Kara Romero, who thought she would work at the factory of little lamps for the rest of her life. But in her mid-50s, she loses her job in the Great Recession. So she's forced back into the job market for the first time in decades. She gets set up with a job counselor. And instead of talking about work, she begins to narrate the story of her life over the course of these 12 sessions. And she talks about love affairs, her family, her relationship with her neighbor, her struggles with debt, gentrification, loss. And eventually, she touches on what really happened between her and her estranged son, Fernando. Oh, man, this book is so good. If you're looking for a book that's got a unique way of storytelling, I think this could work for you. It's told in the second person, which you almost never see. Mm. But because this book is structured to where it's these 12 sessions and Kara is talking to the job counselor, she literally talks to her. She's like, oh, could you get me a glass of water? Oh, do you mind if I take a break? Like She's literally talking to this counselor. And the whole book are these transcripts with the interviews. It really drew me into the story. I felt like I was in on their sessions. Now, I highly recommend the audio for this. The print is great but the audio is truly a production. The name referenced in the title is because of Kara's habit of constantly drinking water. And you hear in the audiobook her literally step into a room, ask for a glass of water, take a sip. Like you hear these things in the audiobook production, which sounds like it would be weird, but it worked super well, especially given how this book is structured. The audiobook narrator is Rosemary El Monte, who's also from the Dominican Republic, as are the author, as is the character of Cara. 
She does a great job bringing this character to life. And I love how this book slowly unfolds her story. Now, it sounds like it could kind of be a bummer because you know right from the beginning like something has happened between her and her son. But Kara uses humor as her defense mechanism. And she gossips about her neighbor, talks about her sister's struggles and her son and all the drama in the community. They talk very little about jobs, although that is involved as well. And you know Kara's got her own story and that something big is coming, but you don't find out about that until the very, very end. This book is funny. I laughed several times. It's about aging. It's about being a woman. She's so funny. And it's so heartfelt. This book reads like you're having a chat over some wine with a gossipy auntie. Like, that's the vibe. And it's short, too. Only 208 pages. Kara really, really comes alive. And I loved this book. It was How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. Oh, I love that. It was so fun. I brought a super long one and you brought a nice, a short one. So that's a good variety. Good. That's yeah. good pairing, man. <laughs> no, I love the sound of that. All right. Before we get started with book talk, I have to share our listener latest read. And this week's listener latest read comes from one of our patrons, Melinda. She is at Web of Stories on Instagram. So in our patron-only Discord, we have a channel where everyone can share their latest reads. And Melinda brought this particular read that had a bunch of us immediately putting holds on it. It's called Suburban Hell by Maureen Kilmer. And Melinda described it like Scream meets Desperate Housewives, where a she-shed becomes a portal for demonic forces in a Chicago suburb. Melinda says it's the perfect entry into spooky season. That sounds like such an interesting setup. So I am here for checking that one out. That was Suburban Hell by Maureen Kilmer. And thanks to Melinda at Web of Stories for sharing. All right. Well, let's get into book talk. And as today is the first official day of fall when we're recording this, we thought it would be fun to ask each other some questions, a combination this or that, or would you rather? But these are all fall themed. Mm-hmm. I'll kick it off with the first one. Renee, are you more of a spooky autumn person or a cozy autumn person? Cozy autumn. I'm spooky. Okay. I think we probably could have guessed this though. Now, are you, yes, more importantly, are you an autumn person or are you a fall person? And what is the difference? Oh, God. That's I know. We don't need to. That is such a great you know question because I mean? I've wondered that. Yeah. Looking at um, yeah, I would probably fall. Yeah, I and use I fall don't more know often. The difference. What is the difference? I, I use know. fall more often too. I'm sure the listeners will tell us if somebody knows. Okay, I, I have one for you. Would you rather carve pumpkins or paint pumpkins? 100% paint. I don't like to get my hands dirty. And I last year we did a painting party at my friend's house with his sons and a couple other friends. I'm pretty good at painting pumpkins. I painted Snoopy on his little doghouse and it turned out awesome. I was sad when the pumpkin rotted because I really <laughs> liked my painting. So I'm definitely a paint person. Me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think it's a bit too much work to carve pumpkins. Yeah. And then they yeah. get all gross. You have to like, but I do like pumpkin seeds. Do you? Okay. I do. I think I will carve pumpkins this year because I'm curious to see what Lily would do. She doesn't like to get dirty either. She's very much my child in that way. And I feel like she's going to be like, what is this? I don't think so. Well, kids love it. And mm-hmm. I mean, we used to do that for the boys and then put candles in them. Yeah. And they love to, you know, put those on the porch. So that is fun for kids. All right. Falling rain or crackling fireplace? Crackling fireplace. I don't want to pick. I like them both. I like a rainy okay. fireplace day. I, I think falling rain, though. We listen to rain sounds every night. The whole family does. So I think rain's for me. Okay. Well, let's say you were reading. Okay. Which would you, which sound would you like to hear during reading time? Okay. If I'm doing a fall ASMR room, definitely crackling fireplace because rain puts okay. me to sleep because that's what we listen. Well, yeah, I'm like you conditioned. Don't, you don't want that. No, when you're no, trying to read. not when you're trying to read. Okay. All right. Would you rather go to a corn maze or go to a haunted house? Corn maze, a thousand percent. I don't want people jumping out and spooking me. <laughs> what about you? This was actually, I I would say neither. But if I had to, cho- <laughs> if I had to choose, in my younger days, I would have said haunted house. But right now, oh gosh, well, 
I probably would have to go with Haunted House only because I do not like the feeling of being inside trees and not knowing where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I don't like that feeling at all. We went into one last year. Um, It was like a a kid one, literally for kids. But I had a couple beers at the pumpkin patch (laughs) with Jonathan and Lily was, we had Lily, obviously. And I was like, no, but really, like, what happens if we get stuck? Because I feel like I might. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm a, I get lost. Like, if I exit somebody's house or an office or a subdivision, I'm like, which way did I come in? I get lost in the mall. Like, I'm just not great with the sense of direction. <laughs> so I, I'll i go into a maze and I think it's funny, but don't expect me to lead because I will get us lost. <laughs> well, it's very easy to get lost in the woods without a path. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think of because... If especially I'm thinking like the really tall corn or corn mazes that maybe you can't see out of. Yeah, well, uh, right. It, it all looks it all looks the same. That's very disorienting. Yes. And fun fact, the biggest corn maze is in California, Dixon, California, I saw. And they get so many calls to 911 because people get lost. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I mean, can you that I feel like that could that would probably be me. I just feel like I'd be too disoriented. With the haunted house, you can continue moving forward and like find the exit. As Absolutely soon as possible. not. I've only been into one haunted house and it was on accident. We were I did a brief study abroad in London in college. It was like a month-long trip and we went to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. I never have been in a haunted house before that. I never wanted to be in one, but all of a sudden we're walking, we're looking at the wax figures. Oh, there's the president, there's an actor, whatever. And then all of a sudden there was a spooky room and there were people pretending to be wax, jumping to life, coming out and jumping at us. I remember my buddy was in front of me with this huge backpack. I just grabbed his backpack and (laughs) just closed my eyes, just kept walking. I'm like, no, I can't. I hate it so much. Like I, but I like scary decorations. I don't like scary movies. I like scary books, but I don't want to see it. I think it's my thing. I don't want anyone to jump out at me. You're scary adjacent. I'm scary adjacent. Yeah. Yes. I get that. Okay. All right. That's fun. Okay. I already know the answer to this one. Would you rather extend summer and go to the beach or go on a fall camping trip in the mountains? I am extending summer and going to the beach. I am not also getting lost on a camping trip in the mountains or <laughs> sleeping in a tent. I do not ever want to sleep in a tent or a cabin even. I don't like to be outside, period. If I had to pick, I would go <laughs> fall. I'd go a fall camping trip in the mountains only if I had a cabin or like someplace indoors that I could sleep. I've been camping before. I've done it. Like I'm just not like a campground kind of girl. <laughs> but I, I love, I would love to do fall camping trip. I, I'd like to hike in the mountains in the fall. I think that would be beautiful. But then I want to go to a hotel. Yeah. I'm kind <laughs> of, I, I could see that. Yes. I could, I could take a day camping trip, but I'm, I'm with you on the hotel, I think. Okay. If you could control the weather and extend one season for a full year without experiencing any other season in 365 days, which season would you choose? I'm picking fall because me too. And it's in it, it's very region specific, but you don't know what you're getting in the fall. You can have today it's 55. Some sometimes in fall it's super hot. You're you know you're in the 70s, 80s. One Halloween we had snow, so I feel like if you just stuck with fall for the entire year, you'd see mm-hmm. a lot of variety. But overall, it would be pretty pleasant. You are exactly right, and obviously we're we're Midwest specific because we that is kind of how our fall goes. I am with you though. And here's another thing that I really like. This is my perfect time of year as far as the fact that it gets dark. It's pretty dark by eight o'clock. I like that. Yeah, same. I don't I don't like it staying light until nine or nine. No, because in the then summer. my baby's awake looking outside like, oh, it's summer. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, nine o'clock. Go to sleep. But I like when the time changes because then she gets mm-hmm. confused and goes to bed <laughs> earlier. Right. But winter is too dark. It yeah. gets dark too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fall is just your. It's, it's perfect. Just, it's perfect. I'll, I'll take I would take it for the whole year. All right. Who's scarier? Michael Myers from Halloween or Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th? 
Michael Myers from Halloween terrified me then and still scares me. Yeah. I don't watch scary movies. I do know the theme song from Halloween and it freaks me out. But fun fact, Jonathan and I got married on Friday the 13th and one of our goofy guests brought a Jason mask and wore it. (laughs) And he took pictures with us. It was so funny. Like it was super funny. And I appreciated that. That nod. It was oh, it was cool. Fun. Yeah. But didn't you did you watch them growing no. up? Uh-uh, I don't watch oh, scary really? movies, babe. You've never no. okay. I've never seen them. Gosh. I won't. I don't think I've ever seen the only scary movies I've seen are Stephen King ones because I know the story. I've seen like Pet okay. Cemetery, The Shining, It, because I know the story. And even those, I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I can do it. All right. Well, I watched all of those growing up, but man, I don't think I could watch Halloween I would, now. I remember. You know, I would be too scared now. I remember a distinct day where I left the room. They were watching, I think, Haunting on Hill House or something. I left. <laughs> I went to hang out with my friend's parents because I was like, it's too scary. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Fall scent. Pumpkin spice or cinnamon? Pumpkin, baby. Cover me. I have a pumpkin candle going right now. I know those are similar, but also really they are different. And I will take anything cinnamon. Really? You're a cinnamon girl. I love cinnamon. I love cinnamon. Yes. So cinnamon, cinnamon. like toothpaste? Well, no. Toothpaste? Yeah, they got cinnamon toothpaste. And I thought you must really need to love cinnamon to to get a a kick out of this. No, I'm a mint. No, I'm strictly mint on my toothpaste. (laughs) But (laughs) the stuff that we tell you guys, our listeners, like truly. (laughs) You never know what we're going to come out with. Well, I mean, as long as we're kind of on the scent, I'll skip to our last question really, really quickly because we're, we've got candles on our mind. Are you a real candle? Oh, there you go. You're lighting it. I'm lighting it. You're, I thought I had okay. it on. I had it earlier. Real, yeah. I was real candle or or the battery operated with the flickering flame. I'm a real candle girl. I love candles. I have them all over the house. However, I like on our front porch, we have a orange light with a flickering flame on it. And it looks so cool. We have it year round, but it looks especially cool in the fall. Do you have electronic candles? I do have electronic candles in several places on my bookshelves, like sitting around. I like that. And they're on timers. And the reason I like those, and then I, I usually have one candle that I might burn here and there yeah. that sits in the kitchen. And the reason I, I can't have a bunch of candles all around is because the cat oh, is right. constantly yeah. on the counters and on the bookshelf. And he's fluffy and that's all I need is oh, for God. him to, and he, <laughs> to walk by. And, and he would too. From what I know about Toby, he, totally he is mischievous. Would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very mischievous. But the other thing I really like, I like the look of a, a of like a a burning candle yeah, in the smell. But I, I really like the plug-in, like where you can melt the wax, depending on oh, what yeah. brand like you a, use. Like a, uh, warmer. Like a, yeah, warmer. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot too. Okay. Will you send me the link for your electronic candles? I want some on timers because I feel like that would be so fun. Yes, I will look those up and see. And they actually do work. And I haven't had to change the battery in a while, but I set them for like, five or five thirty <sighs> and then they're on and you can set it for five hours and then it goes Perfect. off. It's awesome. Okay, I, I do it. like that. Okay. Let's let's wrap things up. And I have a very okay. important question for you. Okay. Black Friday or Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday. Me too. Yeah. I'm a Cyber Monday. Do you member. have a reason? I have a I have a reason why. I don't I have a specific reason, mainly because I don't like to leave the house. And so I am <laughs> not going out on black. Well, first of all, I don't like Black Friday as a concept because I hate the idea of all the workers like, oh bye, here's the turkey. See ya. Now I have to go to Kohl's and work my mm-hmm. shift. Like I don't love that. I like it. It's probably fun if that's like your family tradition, but for me, I, I stick with Cyber Monday. Me too. I want to shop from my couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. All right, that was fun. We we'll have to pop some, you know, questions on social media. I know because like oddly, it was so fun, and I unlocked a lot of memories. Like I told you guys some funny memories that I haven't thought of in years, like the (laughs) Madame Tussauds scary haunted house in London. (laughs) I didn't know that about you. That I don't like scary. That you've never watched scary movies. Never those Uh -uh. classics. No, too spooky. Couldn't do it. I'm scared. But I can read scary books. And let me tell you about my first one. Okay. Book one for me is Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. I love this author. She's so creative. And what she does, she does such a good job 
writing books that are weird, but just spooky enough. So if you don't want this super scary, I think you can still get the scary fall vibes without being like totally freaked out. I really liked her book Cackle last year, and I'm excited to give such sharp teeth a shot. Rory Morris isn't thrilled to be moving back to her hometown, even if it's temporary, because there's bad memories there. But her twin sister Scarlett is pregnant and estranged from the baby's father, and she needs her support. So Rory returns to the place she thought she'd put in her rear view forever. After a night out at the bar, where she runs into Ian, an old, almost flame, she hits a large animal with her car. When she goes out to investigate, she's attacked. She survives miraculously, but life begins to look and feel different. She is unnaturally strong, with an aversion to silver, and suddenly the moon has her in its thrall. She's changing into something else or someone else, maybe even a monster. But does that mean she's putting those close to her in danger or is embracing the wildness inside of her the key to acceptance? Listen, this sounds so silly, but if there is an author that's able to do it, I do think it's going to be Rachel Harrison. I think she'll pull it off. It's a darkly comedic love story and a brilliantly layered portrait of trauma, rage, and vulnerability. I'm excited for this one. It sounds so fun to me. It's Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. Oh, okay, good. You'll have to report back on that. All right, my first... Oh, before I start on my first book, I do have an, a slight adjustment or a FYI. Okay. Because for our September books on the radar, I brought The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdy. And apparently, I don't know if the pub date changed. Whoops. <laughs> but it was a September... I had it for September books on the radar, and it's being published October 11th. Oh, good to know. Yeah. So, okay, FYI. All right, my first book is Mad Honey by Jody Picole and Jennifer Finney Boyland, who is the author of Long Black Veil. This comes out October 4th, and this is a story about a mother named Olivia, and her picture-perfect life kind of implodes after her cardiothoracic surgeon husband reveals a darker side. So they have a son named Asher, They lived in Boston, but once her husband reveals whatever it is he reveals, she and her son, Asher, end up moving back to her small New Hampshire hometown, and they live in the house that she grew up in, and she ends up taking over her father's beekeeping business. Now, her son is in high school, and also at the high school is a girl named Lily, And Lily is in her final year of high school, and both she and Asher end up intersecting. Their paths end up crossing when Asher ends up falling for Lily. Lily ends up falling for him, too. And for a while, they are both happy. However, there are times when Lily wonders if she can trust Asher completely. Then one day, Olivia... The mother receives a phone call. Lily is dead, and Asher is being questioned by the police. Olivia is adamant that her son is innocent. She would know if he was lying, but she would be lying if she didn't acknowledge the flashes of his father's temper in Ash. So just as the case unfolds, she begins to realize he's hidden more than he's shared with her. This novel is billed as suspenseful, an unforgettable love story, and a moving exploration of the secrets we keep. Kirkus Review gave this a starred review and said it is a well-paced story that highlights several timely issues with a stimulating courtroom trial. So that was Mad Honey by Jody Picoult and Jennifer Finney Boylan. Yes, that one is on my radar too. Jody Picoult always does a good job incorporating current events with a story. Like she does a good yeah. job with that. Yeah, I, I'm does. always tempted. I'll, I'll always be curious about books written by her. She's got to have 40 books at this point. <laughs> oh, I know. And I don't think I, it's been a few years since I've read a mm-hmm. book by her. The last one I tried was the one that was set in Egypt and my mind couldn't do it. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Could not follow. <laughs> but I would, you know, that was a me problem, not an author problem. Well, and she doesn't, I don't know if this is her first time writing with another author. So I'm curious about this yeah, dual author. That's this, true. This I don't know. Good. I haven't seen that. Next for me is The Bequest by Joanna Margaret. 
This is a debut out October 18th from a new imprint called Scarlet Press. And Scarlet is the newest imprint from Pensler Publishers with a mission to bring audiences fresh voices in psychological suspense and domestic thrillers. Hello, those are my favorite. Wow, yes, yes. <laughs> the comps for this book were The Secret History and The Silent Patient. So I'm like, all right, what oh. do we got here? So you have Isabel Henley. She's a PhD student who flees her hometown of Boston after a disastrous affair with a colleague. She moved to Scotland to begin a PhD with a renowned feminist professor, only to learn that upon arrival, her advisor has suffered a deadly fall. So soon after, Isabel is informed that another scholar at the university is about to publish a book on her dissertation topic, so they make her write another one. She has to start all over, and so she's trying to do this research in a new subject and acclimating in her new home abroad. She needs a good friend because it's been such a rocky start. And then she reconnects with her old classmate, Rose. She knew Rose from undergrad. But then Rose confides to Isabel that she's got problems of her own. She's in trouble. And then Rose goes missing. So Isabel's already unsteady life is set into a tailspin. There is a suicide note that surfaces, followed by a coded message. Rose is alive, but unless Isabel can complete the research begun before her friend's disappearance, both women will be killed by her captors. I'm sorry, academia, you've got like a potential kidnapping situation. I am intrigued. So Isabel follows Rose's paper trail from Genoa to Florence and then finally to Paris, the settings alone. And she uncovers family secrets, the legend of an enormous cursed emerald, and a chain of betrayal and treason, which parallels her own perilous present. If she can put the pieces together soon, she could solve a 400-year-old mystery and save her and her friend's life in the process. This sounds so good. It's gothic. It sounds atmospheric. It's dark academia. And it's a gripping literary thriller. I'm definitely going to give this a shot. I haven't seen much about it yet. It is The Bequest by Joanna Marguerite. Also, the author looks awesome. She speaks multiple languages, has a PhD or a master's or some sort of training in Scotland. Like, the author clearly knows her stuff, so I'm, I'm, I think she'll pull this off. Wow. That is sounds exactly like something I would love. I've never heard of this. Oh, my gosh. It sounds so fall. Like, I'm going to wear this sweater. Y'all can't see me, but, you know, I'm very cozy right now <laughs> with my candle, with my fireplace wow. on the television and read this book. Like, it's going to be Way a to thing. go finding that one. Can I ask you a quick question? You sure can. Did you read The Secret History? I and did. And if you did, did you like it? Like it? Love it? I liked it. I did not love it. I okay. DNF'd it initially, came back to it. Very happy I finished it because it's such a cornerstone, I think, in Lit, and a lot of books get compared to it, and I was curious. I know. That's what I'm thinking. Have you read it? No. Oh, but a oh, lot oh, of books okay. get compared yeah. to it. No, oh, I haven't. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It is long. I think I did the audio. I wouldn't read it again, but I'm glad that I did read it type thing. Okay. And I wouldn't right. not that I wouldn't read it again because it was bad. It was just long and I'm like, okay, I've got it. But it was yeah. it was very well written. I, a lot of fall like <laughs> f- books with fall settings yes. seem to get compared to that yeah, too. For sure. And and okay. I can see why. It's definitely this archetype almost of the academia fall twisted that you have this friends group that kind of betrays each other. It's it's good. Okay. All right. Okay. My next book is The Storyteller's Death by Anne Davila Cardinal comes out October 4th. And this story, it's just right up my alley. This is initially set in the 1970s when eight-year-old Isla Sanchez's life begins to unravel when her father passes away. So instead of being comforted at home in New Jersey, her mother continues to send her to Puerto Rico to live with her grandmother and great aunt each summer. Cut to when Isla turns 18, her grandmother, who has been known to her and others as a great storyteller, dies. And it is then that Isla discovers she has a gift passed down through her family's, through generations of her family. She has a gift for storytelling. And the tales of dead family storytellers are brought back to life, replaying themselves over and over in front of her. And it is not long before Isla is enchanted by this connection to her history of Sanchez storytellers. But abruptly, Isla has a vision 
of an old murder mystery, and she realizes that if she can't solve it to make the loop end, these seemingly harmless stories could cost Isla her life. This is a murder mystery, and in some snippets, I saw it being called a thriller. So I'm very curious to see if that's going to be accurate. Publishers Weekly gave this a starred review and said it is for fans of sweeping family sagas. And that was The Storyteller's Death by Anne Davila Cardinal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see a theme. We've got a lot of, yes. yeah, very, very fall-centric episode here. And my next mm-hmm. one falls right in line. It is Sign Here by Claudia Lux. This is a debut. Comes out on October 25th. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love, love, love the setup for this one. It is a darkly humorous and surprisingly poignant story about a guy who works in hell, literally hell, and <laughs> will soon be promoted if he can get one more member of the wealthy Harrison family to sell their soul. Oh, I love that. Right. Peyote Trip has a pretty good gig in the deals department on the fifth floor of hell. Sure, none of the pens work and the coffee machine has been out of order for a century and the only drink on offer is Jägermeister. But Pei has a plan. All he needs is one last member of the Harrison family to sell their soul. When the Harrisons retreat to the family lake house for the summer with their daughter Mickey's precocious new friend Ruth in tow, the opportunity Pei has waited for for millennium might finally be within his grasp. And with the help of his charismatic coworker Calamity, he sets a plan in motion. But things are not always as they seem on earth or in hell. And as old secrets and new dangers scrape away at the Harrison's shiny surface, revealing the darkness beneath, everyone must face the consequences of their choices. I mean, wow! what got me is the cover and that it's set in hell. That's so clever. And I just love mm-hmm. a book that's lightly spooky of the season, but like has some humor and some le- levity with it. This sounds like it could be fun. I'm also curious what the Harrisons did. Why are they being targeted? Why are they so evil? What happened? So this book is Sign Here by Claudia Lux. Uh, okay. Another good one. Wow. you're. I haven't heard of that either and didn't find it in any of my research. I can't believe that. I've seen this one pop no, up quite a bit. I did not see Maybe it. just okay. because I love the cover, I saw it, noticed it, and then I kept seeing it. All right. Okay, good. That's a good one. All right. My next one is a memoir, and it is Savor, A Chef's Hunger for More. Fatima Ali comes out October 11th. I have a feeling this might this is going to be a very poignant and potentially hard to read but yet I'm I'm hoping hopeful read because Fatima Ali has passed away and she basically spent her last year trying to live her life but also writing this book. So she won the hearts of viewers as the fan favorite of Bravo's Top Chef in season 15, which I did not watch. At the time she was 29 years old, a boundary-breaking chef in a bright new voice for change in the food world. And after taping wrapped, but before the show aired, Fatty was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer, and she was not one to ever slow down or admit defeat, so she vowed to spend her final year traveling the world, eating delicious food, and making memories with her loved ones. But when her condition abruptly worsened, her plans were sidelined, so she pivoted, and she was determined to make her final days count as she worked to tell the story of a brown girl chef who set out to make a name for herself, her food, and her culture. And in this book, I know that it also includes writing from her mother, and it is going to take us to Pakistan and New York City and beyond. And there's something that I think will hopefully be very special in being able to read her words. I don't know that much about her or the show. I mean, I know about the show, but I didn't watch the show. And I I really, really want to take the time to read her story, read her life. She will reflect on her time where she apprenticed uh, at a three-star Michelin restaurant. She will reflect on her life and her identity as a chef, a daughter, and a queer woman butting up against traditional views. I definitely plan on reading this. This was Savor, A Chef's Hunger for More by Fatima Ali. 
Yes. And this one sounds really good. I remember her from the show and I bet it'll be really hard to read, but I'm glad she got to share this story. Yeah. Quite a few of the snippets from early reviews or what uh, did say that there is a very hopeful tone Mm -hmm. to the story. That's good to know. All right. Last for me is Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. This comes out on October 25th, and it's her sophomore novel. I loved her debut, All Her Little Secrets, and I'm very interested to see this one. It sounds quite different because this one looks like almost historical fiction in a way because it's set in the summer of 1964, and three innocent men are brutally murdered for trying to help Black Mississippians secure the right to vote. And against this backdrop, we meet 22-year-old Violet Richards, who finds herself in trouble, more trouble than she's ever been in her life. She suffered a brutal attack of her own, and she kills the man responsible. But because Violet is Black, and even though it might not have been her fault, it might have been self-defense, she knows there is no way she can get away with it. So before anyone can find her, she decides to run with the help of her white boyfriend, And she escapes, but the desperation and fear leads her to hide out in the small rural town of Chillicothe, Georgia, unaware that danger may be closer than she thinks. Then you have her older sister, Marigold. So we have Violet and Marigold would go very well with my Lily. And Marigold has dreams of attending law school. She works for the Mississippi Summer Project and has been trying to use her brain to further the cause of the Black vote. But Marigold is in a different kind of trouble. She's pregnant and unmarried, and in the 60s in the South, this was not going to fly. So after the men's murder brings the police to her door, she also feels no choice but to flee. So she heads north in promise of a better life and no more segregation, but is wondering if she's made a terrible choice that threatens her life and that of her unborn child. So you have two sisters on the run from different reasons, and what they don't realize is that there is a man hot on their trail And he has his own dark secrets and disturbing motive for finding the sisters. So I'm intrigued. I think she can pull this off. She's a really excellent writer. I know she has a a background in law, and I really liked all her little secrets. So I am intrigued. This book was Anywhere You Run by Wanda M. Morris. That sounds good. All right. My last book, I had to sneak in a psychological thriller. It wouldn't be It wouldn't be (laughs) fall without a psychological thriller. It is The Favor by Nikki French, and it comes out October 18th. I'm actually really excited because I have been meaning to read Nikki French, and I haven't, so this is going to be the one. All right. This is about a simple enough favor, and you know it's not going to be, but (laughs) (laughs) Jude hasn't seen Liam in years. But when he shows up at her work asking for a favor, she finds she can't refuse. And turns out, it's important to know, Liam is Jude's ex-boyfriend. So the favor is he asks Jude if she can pick him up at a country train station without telling anyone. So what if she has to lie to her fiancé? Jude is still committed to him and their imminent wedding even if she and Liam were once in love. She feels like she owes him. Turns out she and Liam were in a car crash many years ago, and that car crash changed everything because following the car crash, bright, ambitious Jude went to medical school and stayed on the path she had planned before meeting moody, artistic Liam. Meanwhile, Liam never fully recovered from the dark stain the accident left on his record. So she shows up to pick him up at the train station, but he's not there. In fact, he's gone. And instead of him showing up, the police show up at the station instead of Liam. And Jude realizes that she knows nothing about the man he's become. So now she is tangled up in his life. She's the last person to have seen him and maybe the only one who can uncover the truth about what went wrong, even if it destroys her own life in the process. So there is at some point a murder investigation that ends up happening, and I can't wait to find out who's involved, what happens, what is the quote-unquote deadly web of secrets that the publisher is teasing us with. and. Pop Sugar says that 
Nikki French will leave readers questioning everything they think they know. I love the sound of that. It's The Favor by Nikki French. Yes, this one was on my radar too. So I am intrigued. I want to know what the favor, like, I want to know what's up. What's the scoop? I want to know where did Liam go? Mm-hmm. And is this all like revenge? I, ne- I mean, yes, I need to know. All right, Renee. So what is your current read? My current read is a book I just started yesterday. I'm very early. It is Next of Kin by Kia Abdullah. <gasps> You've brought her book, Take It Back, to the show. I love her writing. This is a standalone. This is not part of that series that she had been writing. Can I just tell you quickly, the initial setup is a lot of people are going to say, nope, but don't, don't discount this, okay? And don't worry, I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it when I finish it. The setup is, this is a legal slash family drama thriller. It's two sisters. They're very close. One is married. Her husband doesn't have time to take the three-year-old to preschool, so asks the other sister, hey, can you quick drop him off at preschool? She says yes. She is a big, big important architect, gets busy, takes phone calls, goes to work, and then the brother-in-law calls her and says, preschool called. Where's our son? You didn't drop him off. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Are you liking it so it, far? I love it so far. Yeah. yeah. I She's, love it so far. I'm very early in. She's such a good writer and she can build tension and suspense very quickly. Is yes, this out now? This is out now. Uh, just released September 20th. Got it. Okay, cool. That does sound good. My current read is one that actually just came out in September as well. It is Fairy Tale by Stephen King. And mm-hmm. I have about an hour and a half left and I don't want it to end. I'm loving it. I'm doing a combination audio print, but the audio is so well narrated. And I have to say, I could have never guessed where this book would end up based on the first section. But I love Charlie. I love Radar. And I'm reminded again why Stephen King is such a fantastic storyteller If you've been curious about King but don't like scary, give this a shot. It's not scary. It's just magical so far. It's Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Okay. Wait, did you say you finished it? No, I have an hour left. Okay. Okay. I've been avoiding finishing it because I don't want to. Okay. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, You can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to etc. at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at etc. on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. I'm actually quite thirsty. I think I need to stop and get some I forgot. Water. I forgot my water. I'm like, it's downstairs. All right, so. let's go get water. Hold on. <laughs> okay. All right.